Welcome in everybody to Betting Pros. It's me, Joey P. Joe P. Zapia. And it was just your typical Sunday in the NFL where Justin Fields went out and had a uh, an all-world rushing day and set a record for rushing yards at quarterbacks. Joe Mixon had five touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers lost to the Lions. And Kirk Cousins is apparently now a rapper named Young Cuzzy. And we are about to turn the page and look ahead, you know, because it was just normal Sundays, you know. Oh, wait, and the Jets beat the Bills. That's right. But before we can look ahead, we've got to look back a little bit. And we've got a few friends here, as always, Pat Fitzmorris, Matthew Friedman here to help us do just that. And wasn't week nine a wonderful lesson, Pat Fitzmorris, before we turn the page to week 10 about the discipline of looking at the home underdogs and no matter how ugly it is, holding your nose, and doing the right thing. Yes, it was, Joe. Uh, And as I mentioned on last week's show, seeing that there were eight home underdogs on a 13-game slate, I just committed to betting one unit on every home underdog, and uh, it worked out pretty well. And that's the thing. You you can't, if you're going to do it, you got to commit to it. Take every home underdog, because if you pick and choose, You're going to pick and choose the wrong ones. I mean, betting on the Jets, even getting those 11 points or whatever it was, felt gross. But uh, look what happened. Now I'm regretting not having taken the money line. And, uh, you know, I would have just taken a week's vacation. You guys would be doing the show by yourself. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm almost sad there aren't as many home underdogs on the week 10 slate. Friedman, any regrets that you didn't have enough home underdogs in your betting slip yesterday? Uh, not so much regret on that. Uh, it was a it was a good week. I went eight four and one, but I do have some regrets on the manual adjustments I made because there were some really big spreads last week, and you know I had some value on Houston. Uh, I had some value on the Jets. I had some value on the Titans, and it was just like nope. Like I'm I'm behind the market. I'm probably a little bit wrong. I'm going to regress closer to the market with these numbers just so we're more in line. And I wish I had been just a little bit stronger in the projections we had because our projections were actually right. So it was a good week. It could have been a great week. Uh, as we turn the page now officially to week 10, don't forget if you're looking for some more action, you can always head over to the sleeper app. You can play their new over under game, which is super fun. You pick two or more players that you like. You pick the over under. See? That's why it's called the over-under game. It's super simple. And you choose the amount of money that you want to enter into the contest. And if you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to 20 times the amount of money you put in. You can send the links to friends. You can play against them. You can play against the bots. It's amazing. Go check it out at sleeper.app slash betting pros and use that promo code betting pros when you do sign up over on the sleeper app and you get a $100 deposit match when you do. Again, the code betting pros at sleeper.app slash betting pros. So let's kick things off week 10. The Atlanta Falcons four and five take on the Carolina Panthers and Carolina two and seven. The Panthers are home underdogs. Two and a half points is the number here. Uh, the Falcons got Cordero Patterson back yesterday. And woo wee, man, what a physical presence Cordero Patterson is and just kind of changes what the Falcons are able to do. 42 and a half is the number. If you like Carolina on the money line is plus 108. Pat, when you're looking at this one, you're the expert when it comes to home dogs. Are you staying disciplined yet again here in week 10 to kick things off? Oh, man. No, I actually like the Falcons in this one, Joe. And uh, it's it just seems like we saw the Panthers kind of crumble a little bit yesterday. Um, And this game, oddly enough, a rematch of a a strangely thrilling game that, uh, you know, the the Falcons had to go to overtime to win against the Panthers after uh, P.J. Walker hits that deep late bomb to D.J. Moore. 
it'll be interesting to see if the Falcons uh, get AJ Terrell back. Like that's kind of a, a key for them. Their secondary has been hellaciously banged up. They're going to be without Casey Hayward for at least one more week, uh, but maybe they can get AJ Terrell back from his hamstring injury. So, um, and it's going to be interesting to see which of the three uh, Panthers quarterbacks we get this week, like PJ Walker benched Baker Mayfield played pretty well, but you know, Baker Mayfield, uh, I think the Panthers had decided was not the answered quarterback. Maybe Sam Darnold is healthy enough to make a start for Carolina, but you know, Friedman talked about this on Twitter. Like the Falcons are the definition of exotic smash mouth this year. And, uh, (laughs) like even more so now that Cordero Patterson is back and you said it, Joe, like, I mean, he looked like a man back from a long vacation. He was super charged. So, um, you know, like this time, I don't think the Panthers or the Falcons are going to struggle with the Panthers. I think they're going to take care of business this time, even though it's on the road. On my Fantasy Pros News Desk app, I did just get that little uh, little news alert that Sam Darnold will be active this week. Friedman, does that mm. or any other quarterback enter into your sphere about considering early wagering for this contest? Yeah, I've uh, just bet on the Falcons here uh, at minus two and a half. I have this, uh, like Fitz, uh, projected at minus three. Uh, so I do think that there's some value here because I, I am taking into account that A.J. Terrell is out. So if he comes back, that's just sort of like free money at this point. And I am expecting Baker Mayfield, who, I mean, whatever. I still think he's probably the best <laughs> of those three quarterbacks. I am expecting him to start, but maybe he doesn't start. Uh, in which case, this is an even better situation for the Falcons. So I do think there's value now at anything under three. All right. Seattle and Tampa in Germany. The game is at Deutschland. Tampa is one point favorites in this one against the Seahawks, who came up uh, with another W, six and three. Tampa finally got off the schneid, and I mean barely, just barely did. 44 and a half is the number. Uh, Seattle on the money line is even money. Friedman, what's your early take on this contest if you have one? Yeah, I like Tampa Bay. Uh, I mean, I'm the the idiot who bet them at minus two and a half in the look ahead market. So whatever. But, you know, my feeling was that if it moves up to three, I'm going to be really happy. I grabbed it at two and a half. And if it moves down, there's not much of a difference between two and a half and any number below that going to zero. So I still think that there's value here. I think this number should be uh, 3.25. So uh, I'm strongly on the Buccaneers here. I think they have still a a good defense. They are getting healthier. And I think that offense is starting to round into into form. So I am on the Buccaneers here. And I I hate saying that because I've loved Seattle to this point. But on a neutral field, I still think Brady should be favored. Yeah, the consensus line for this one, Pat, is still Bucks at minus one. So obviously, you know, there's some wiggle room here potentially too, but are we not giving the Seattle Seahawks enough credit? I mean, they seem to be the little engine that could here. They run the football. The defense is very opportunistic here. And Tampa Bay really did just, just eke out a victory in that game against the Rams. What are your thoughts on this one? Oh, I think we're giving the Seahawks a lot of credit, Joe. Like mm-hmm. think of think of what sort of reassessment of these two teams this line represents like yes. what would this have been before this season on a neutral field uh, like probably Tampa by, oh man i'm thinking like eight you know nine like and eight a half. 
nine, nine and, and a half, half was the number. Yeah. Oh, was, man. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So uh, this is is quite See, the neutral taking... field is what hung me up. That's why I said six. Like neutral field. That's one of those things where you just you never know right. the travel and things like that. But nine and a half. That's that's wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Geno Smith versus Tom Brady. All of a sudden, now it's looking like more of an even match. Um. So yeah, like I I think Seattle's getting a lot of credit for this line, but like Friedman. I still think the Buccaneers are about a field goal better on a neutral field. And, um, you know, part of this line, I think, is that Tampa's struggled against the Rams. Like their offense has been having some issues and the Rams gave them issues. But the Rams have a good defense. They can give teams issues. So I don't know. I I still think the Bucs are going to outclass Seattle in this one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not quite buying Seattle's a, a six and three uh, Super Bowl contender, you know, like I, they're a nice surprise, but uh, I still think the Bucks are the better team here. I think Seattle's super dangerous as an underdog. I think they think they're an underdog. I think that's an error they keep playing, and I think it's working for them every single week that nobody believes in them. And this is another opportunity where nobody's going to believe in them. It's a big national attention moment. I'm on the Seattle side hard on this game, and I don't usually do this this early, especially on these international games. I tend to shy away from them. I like Seattle's side on this one to win outright. Minnesota, Buffalo, Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen doing a little elbow pain and a lot of uh, pain in his heart after losing to the Jets this weekend. They are regardless seven and a half point favorites here against the Minnesota Vikings who came out with a victory. They are seven and one, 48 and a half is the number. If you like Minnesota in this contest, plus 280 on the money line for the upset. Uh, all right, let's talk about this, Pat Fitzmaurice. So before the show, you mentioned, and you were absolutely astute in saying this, that the Buffalo Bills are a team that every time you think they are dominant and ready to go, they have a game like they did this past Sunday where things don't quite look like the dominant Buffalo Bills. So maybe they got caught looking ahead. Maybe they didn't take the Jets too seriously. You have to take the Vikings seriously because that offense has a lot of weapons. What are your thoughts on this one? Is this number too big here and not respecting Minnesota enough? Again, I think this shows Minnesota a lot of respect. I think this mm-hmm. this line does reflect respect for Minnesota, maybe more than they deserve. More on that in a second. Uh, but like this is why I love betting on good teams coming off bad losses. Like mm-hmm. you know, the the display of mortality by the Bills has brought this line down against a team with a winning record. And yet, you know, they're going to be fired up to get the taste of that bad loss out of their mouth. So, um, you know, last year, the, the Bills had a similar clunker against the Urban Meyer led Jacksonville Jaguars. They lost nine to six in Jacksonville. Uh, they came back and squashed the Jets 45 17 the next week. So um, the Vikings, granted, are better than those Jets, but I, I'm guessing the Buffalo offense hums this week. And meanwhile, the Vikings, uh, six game winning streak. They have won all six of those games by one score or less, uh, you know, but within the margin of one score against teams with a combined record of 21 and 31. The only team they've beaten with a winning record over that stretch is Miami. Uh, they're overvalued. I mean, they're, this line reflects an overvaluation of the Vikings. I, I still think they're kind of a fraud as far as being like a Super Bowl contender. They're not. <sighs> All right, Friedman, uh, this is kind of the reverse script of the Vikings last year who lost every game by three or less at all times. So now you have the momentum of them winning these close games and starting to feel confident. Does this confidence carry over into Buffalo here? And is the confidence of the Bills shaking a little bit? Do you see any value here in this early number? 
Uh, I I like two bets in this game, and they kind of go against each other a little bit, but I'm with Fitz. I like Buffalo here. I have this at nine and a half. Uh, actually, no, I bet this at nine and a half. Again, just bleeding value on the, these look-ahead numbers, but I have this projected at 10. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of value in seven and a half. Uh, like Fitz, I think there's a bounce-back opportunity here, and I also like the under. Uh, it's 48 across the market, even 47, uh, 47 and a half at a couple of books, still 48 and a half at Caesars. I would be betting that right now. I have this projected at 47.3. And, you know, there is more opportunity for this number to continue to go under if some of the defenders uh, for the Buffalo Bills <clears throat> return to action. Jordan Poyer could come back. Tredavious White could come back. Uh, and, you know, thinking about the Bills, I'm not all that worried about the elbow situation. You know, I think the Twitter doctors were a little overzealous last night talking about how there's the opportunity that Josh Allen might miss multiple weeks. Allen has said, yeah, the elbow hurts, but he plans to play through it. So I'm, you know, I'm evaluating this number based on the likelihood right now, my perceived projection of this, of Allen continuing to play. So I think there's value on both Buffalo and the under, because this is an under team with their defense. The Lions take on the Bears, the Bears two point home favorites here after Justin Fields had himself a day. Uh, 48 and a half is the number here, plus 110 on the money line if you like the Lions to keep the wins coming here. Friedman, uh, I think the best wager you can make here is to wait for the prop market to develop and just take the over on the Justin Fields rushing yards. I think it's probably the easiest thing to do. But outside of this, do you feel there's any early value as we look at this number of two or the 48 and a half in this game? Yeah, I do. I already bet on uh, the over in this game. And, you know, it's I bet it when it was, I believe, 45.5 in the look ahead market. Shout out me. <laughs> the one, one of the few instances <laughs> I actually got some value in the look ahead market. We love you some you. We yeah, know but that. I, I still think there's value here at 48. Uh, let me see what my projection is for this. Uh, I have it at 49.8. So I still think that there's value here on the over. Both of these teams can put up points and the Bears, their defense isn't, it's not good, or at least it's not as good as it looked earlier in the year. You know, they've had some degradation and losing some key players on that defense. So they can score as we saw, you know, the past few weeks and they can let opponents score. So I, I view this as a over opportunity. All right, Fitz, your thoughts here on the Bears and Lions. Don't want to touch a side on this, uh, but the total was up to 49 on DraftKings this morning. Mm. Like, I'm I'm kind of on the opposite side of Friedman with this one. Like, we saw the Lions offense sort of struggle yesterday against the Packers, but the defense played really well. Um, like, the Bears want to run the ball. It, it's still going to lead to kind of a slow game, and I don't know if, if it's possible for Justin Fields to get as many chunk play runs as he had yesterday against Miami. So um, I, I don't know if I love it enough to bet it, but I'm, I'm kind of under the total here. So uh, Friedman and I might be at odds uh, with the, the side. I just, I don't think there's value. Let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today with BetMGM and use that promo code BETTINGPROS when you do, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, and don't forget to use that promo code BETTINGPROS. That's one word, BETTINGPROS, when you sign up today. 
Terms and conditions apply. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, and Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets on site credit. Free bets expire seven days from insurance. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. And now, back to the action. All right, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to head to Kansas City. Kansas City, nine and a half point favorites in this one. 49 and a half is the number. Jacksonville plus 350 on the money line. Pat, uh, Kansas City Chiefs continue to find ways to win. It was not necessarily the dominant uh, victory I think people were expecting potentially against the Titans, but the Titans are a grinding kind of team. They play good defense. No surprise there. The Jaguars might be in for a little bit of a hard times, in the words of my old friend Dusty Rhodes. Hard times, baby, might be coming for the Jacksonville Jaguars in Kansas City. So uh, do you think that you want to jump on this nine and a half now before it grows any larger? Yep, absolutely. I think it should be like 11, 11 and a half. Um, and, and yesterday, uh, week nine results obviously influencing this and how the Titans kind of turned it into a mud wrestling match since we're uh, talking Dusty Rhodes and wrestling Joe. Um, <laughs> like the Titans, though, are very good at disrupting these high flying offenses and playing a game on their terms. And the Jaguars don't necessarily strike me as the sort of team that's going to be able to do that, uh, although they did it with the Bills last year in that nine to six game that we were just talking about. Um Still, I, I don't think it happens again. Like, I'm grabbing the Chiefs now. Friedman, uh, I want to hear your thoughts on this game, but I also have a question for you. Early in the year before the season, I'm always very careful about the wagers I make for some of the awards. And I only put money on two people at two big numbers for MVP, Mahomes and Allen. To me, it's a two-person race. Always was, always will be this year. And I got it plus 700, plus 800 for Mahomes, 700 for Allen. After yesterday, has the calculus changed a little bit in who's the front runner for MVP? Oh man, uh, I think it's probably close to a toss up at this point. You you still have to give the edge, I think, to Buffalo because they have the head to head tiebreaker over Kansas City, which means you know if if they get the number one seed, Allen's winning the award. Um, but yeah, I mean Kansas City, obviously, uh, and I, I'm with Fitz. Uh, I have this at eleven and a half, uh, and I'll just say it feels it feels weird because for a lot of the year I've been showing value on underdogs and this year uh, or this week, there's been a little bit of a shift where I'm, I'm showing more value on some of the the favorites, some of the bigger favorites. And it's just like, all right, well, I'm just going to go with what the numbers show, but to the, the point of, yeah, uh, MVP, I think Mahomes is right there. Uh, I have, you know, I'm with you. I have a ticket at nine to one. Uh, I mean, the idea of not betting on Mahomes basically every year. I if, know it's, just yeah, crazy. You know, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of other people you could have that were in that same universe of numbers, which I thought was just very odd. Jalen Hurts has a chance, just given how soft the the rest of their schedule is. If they go, it, it, they're not going to go seventeen and zero. They're not going to. But if they go seventeen and zero, he has to win the award. I agree. The only problem is statistically, when you look at the passing touchdowns compared to his yeah. counterparts there in the passing yard, like he is just so far behind statistically in those numbers. 
it's just a really hard sell. And I think collectively people look at the Eagles as really good defense. They run the football a lot. And look, I'm with you. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, certainly deserves all the due he, he, he can get. But it is really hard to pass those other guys because statistically he's just not in the same universe. Go yeah. ahead, Pat. What were Geno Smith's odds before the season? <laughs> Non-existent. He's laying in the weeds with that one. Oh, Fitzy laying in the weeds with that one. Let's go to Cleveland and Miami. Six and three here. Minus four for the Miami Dolphins. The Cleveland Browns coming off of their bye. Well rested. Will it matter? We shall see. Certainly uh, Miami's defense is a lot to be desired there, especially stopping the run. Oh, good. You get Nick Chubb now and Kareem Hunt. 48 and a half is the number. I don't think that's safe. Plus 165. Uh, Fitz, let's start with you on this one here. Your thoughts on uh, the Cleveland Browns Miami game. And do you think that this 48 and a half is something you should jump on now? Uh, I like Miami here. Um, and yes, they, they did not do a good job of keeping Justin Fields hemmed in the pocket. Uh, that seemed to be, you know, not part of their defensive game plan and perhaps it should have been, but they did a fine job against, uh, you know, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. So it wasn't like the, the bears running backs were giving them problems. Uh, I, I just think this line is obviously being influenced by the way the Browns played last week against a very flat Cincinnati team. Like the mm-hmm. Bengals just looked terrible in that game. Uh, you know, the Browns pass rush was getting home all night. So like, I think this is influencing that line. And I just think Miami is superior firepower and I'm going to bet on the superior firepower. I I think this should be like four and a half to five points. So I'm going to take it now. Is that where you are with this one, Friedman? Yeah, I haven't bet it yet, but I probably will. I have this projected at 5.25. Of course, we do have the revenge game for quarterback Jacoby Brissett, but uh, not worried about that. I don't see any value on the total, but I I do see slight value. But because, you know, the difference between four and 5.25 where I have it projected, there's not much of a difference there. I haven't bet it yet. And I was kind of wanting to see if the market moved in one direction or the other, but I'll probably just bet it now. The Houston Texans gave it all they had on Thursday night, but it wasn't enough. They are now one, six and one. They'll travel to the Giants who are uh, six and two coming off of a buy arrested Saquon Barkley. The Giants are six and a half point favorites in this one. The numbers 39 Houston's plus 220 on the money line. Uh, Looking at this one here, Friedman, actually, it's even moved, I believe, from last night to now, because now we've got the Giants at seven points and the number has gone to 38 and a half, I see. Houston's at plus 240. So just from, oh, I don't know, 12 hours ago, uh, this number is already moving. So how what do you make of that as this number starts to move? Do you want to jump on the Giants now before it grows any larger? I don't think I would bet it now. It's seven, um, but I did grab it at six in the look ahead market uh, just because I assumed that it would open a little bit higher than that. But at this point now, honestly, I'm showing value on Houston, but that's so that's so disgusting. And I, I just... I, but I made the same mistake last week of not wanting to be on Houston, but you know, I would, if I'm on anything right now at seven, it is Houston, but I would have to think about it pretty hard. I haven't bet the under yet, but I I do show a little bit of value there. It's 38 and a half right now. I have it at, I believe 37.8, 37.4. So I think there's some value on the under Fitz, Do you see any value on the under or anywhere else in this game? I kind of like the over here. Um, Yeah. Like the, the Texans offense with what Damian Pierce is giving them, yeah. like yeah, he, good. he makes the passing game work a little bit better. And this assumes, I mean, the, the Texans do need to get uh, like, I don't know what's going on with Brandon cooks. Is this like some sort of odd estrangement from the team or is he going to be back this week? Like they need him 
to, uh, you know, have a, more of a multifaceted offense and not just the Damian Pierce show. Um, the Giants have been clicking, uh, but have they accumul- accumulated any rust during their bye week? Um, you know, maybe I'd give them like a little bit of an advantage coming off that bye, but then the Texans are coming off sort of a mini bye with the Thursday night game last week. I don't know, Joe, the, the Texans seem like uh, another wrestling analogy, like a, a jobber, like a really good jobber. You know, they're not going to win, but like they can, uh, you know, maybe keep it close and, and put the uh, the superstar over. And, uh, you know, I don't know what kind of superstar the Giants are here. Not exactly a Hulk Hogan. Type. So, uh, <laughs> no. you know, it seems like kind of a big number for this one. Like, I don't see any value on either side right now. But I, you know, I do like I the... Feel like, I feel like the Texans, Pat, you know, they had a... I mean, how many primetime games are the Texans playing this year? Was that the only one, probably? Right? I feel like they got excited to play this. It's us against the world. We're in our home stadium. You know, let's let it all hang out. I think that was... A lot of that. I think the letdown from that, I'm on the giant side of this one personally because I just feel like I don't know if they can pump the air up into that balloon again. As impressive as Pierce was, and he was, he was terrific in this game, but still, uh, I have a hard time believing that. We shall see though what happens if they travel to New York. The New Orleans Saints, right now, they are two and a half point favorites as they head to Pittsburgh. So they are home underdogs at two and a half. The Pittsburgh Steelers coming off the bye, plus 122 on the money line, 41 and a half is the number. Pat. Uh, does Pittsburgh here maybe catch New Orleans in a short week and catch them napping? What do you think? Yeah, not only a short week for the Saints, but Pittsburgh coming off a bye. So big scheduling advantage here for Pittsburgh, which is why I've got this game about even. And uh, I've been on the Saints train the last couple of weeks as home dogs against the Raiders and then against the Ravens this week. But I am deboarding this week and uh, taking the Steelers here. More time for Kenny Pickett to maybe you know study film reassess his first month as a starter uh you know maybe that offense hums a little bit coming out of the bye well i don't know about hum but uh maybe it's a little more functional so i i like pittsburgh here matt this seems like an opportunity for the pittsburgh steelers to regroup reset give the young quarterback a little bit of a breather a little bit of time to you know get more comfortable with the offense he isn't the worst case scenario here going to play the eagles going to play the buffalo bills I'm not saying the New Orleans Saints aren't, you know, are a cake defense. They're not, but it's an opportunity at home where I feel like Pittsburgh could kind of reset things for themselves as a team for the rest of the season. I know they're two and six, but do you see a potential here for an upset for Pittsburgh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin as an underdog has been great. He's been fantastic in that situation, especially at home. We've got it lining up here. I've already got this circled as a bet I want to make, but not at two and a half. You know, I think the Saints do well tonight. And when this number reopens after that, it could be three. And so I'm looking, you know, waiting. If it's at three, I'm going to be jumping on it. If it moves down to two, there's not much of a difference from two and a half to two. So I'm I'm hoping that the market moves in the direction I want it to. And that's, uh, you know, kind of opportunistically looking to bet it at a, a better number. Fitz, your thoughts here on the Pittsburgh Steelers and a potential upset here of New Orleans on the short week with the long buy. You think you think we're in a spot here where um, maybe you go right to the money line on this one? Yeah, and uh, depending on what the line is, I'm I'm probably going to hit it early with the money it's line. Plus one eighteen right now, I believe. No, plus one twenty two. It's now moved to. Yeah, I don't have Friedman's patience. I'm probably going to hit it early with a small <laughs> one, u- one unit bet, and maybe I'll uh, drop another unit if uh, if the line moves up. All right. But yeah, let's I, like, move. I do like Pittsburgh a lot here. 
All right, let's move on to Denver and Tennessee here. Tennessee five and three coming off a tough loss there uh, to the, um, the Kansas City Chiefs. Denver at three and five coming off of their bye. So Tennessee two and a half point favorites at home. No surprises there. 39 and a half is the number. Plus 112 on the money line for the Denver Broncos. Friedman, I want to start with you on this one. We were talking before about the Tennessee Titans kind of bringing you down to their level. Denver Broncos, pretty good defensive team. What Denver Broncos do you expect to come out of the bye, though, in this contest? I mean, I think pretty much the same version that went into it, except maybe a little bit better on offense. But, you know, they are a a defensive focused team. I think the under here is the play. Uh, I I took it when it was 40. It's 39 and a half now. I have it projected at 37.4. So I still think that there's value at this number. In terms of the side, eh, I'm just I'm kind of whatever on it. Uh, you know, the the line is two and a half. I have it projected at one point seven five. Not much of a difference there. So if I'm betting this game at this point, I'm looking at the under. Fitzmorris, are you looking at the under as well for this one? I am. I, I kind of think um, like even though my projection is more for like pretty much spot on. I think Friedman's right about this, and I think I was too high. Um, and I like the Titans here actually. Like, I think they are settling into their identity again. And it's funny, they had this similar identity last year and, uh, you know, it carried them to a number one seed in the playoffs. And like, we thought this was a lesser version of last year's team with like a, a, you know, diminished defense, worse offensive line. Um, And the defense looked terrific against Kansas City last night. I mean, no Harold Landry, and yet they were all over Patrick Mahomes in that game. Uh, you know, they they managed to cover pretty much blanket everyone except Travis Kelsey in that game. So, like, the Titans are sneaky. They've been sneaky for the last season and a half. And, um, you know, like, I, I just don't really believe in the Broncos. They've given us no reason to believe. So um, I'm I'm taking the Titans here at home. To Fitz's point, uh, you know, I am deducting a little bit on the possibility that we don't see Tannehill in this game. So that is factoring into my projections. Mm -hmm. We probably see him, but it's not 100% we see him. So that is something that is knocking the Titans down a little bit in my projections. That's good assessment there. It's a fair point. Uh, Next one on the on the slate talking about not living up to expectations. How do you like this? Uh, boy, what a perfect time for these two teams to square off. Indianapolis Colts, 3-5-1 and against the Las Vegas Raiders. Five and a half point favorites, five and a half point favorites. Las Vegas Raiders are in this game against the Colts. Uh, this is like when you have the uh, the two kids who are problematic and you lock them in a room in detention together. And you just say, you figure it out. I don't know. But uh, here we go. Forty two and a half is the over under. The money line is plus one eighty five on the Colts. If you like them to upset here. Fitz, break this down for me, because I think we're all trying to figure out who the Raiders are. The Raiders are trying to figure out who the Raiders are. And the Colts are just losing I feel like between losing players, losing Jonathan Taylor, losing some other pieces here, the health of this team kind of not being what it was. And then it seems like from a coaching standpoint, things are sort of fraying at the seams at this stage. So where do you go here? Because both of these dysfunctional teams right now, somebody's got to come out with a victory. Who is it? Yeah, there's not going to be much of a breakdown, Joe. The two of the biggest Jekyll and Hyde teams in the NFL. I wouldn't bet this with your money. And uh, <laughs> I wouldn't let you bet it with my money. Yeah, I'm, I'm not touching this. I mean, like, I'm definitely not betting the Colts. The Colts are unbettable right now. But like, I don't feel good enough about the Raiders to bet them either. So I'm just walking away. Don't All like right, the so, side. Don't like the total. <laughs> so Pat's clear about his feelings about it. Friedman, do you think, though, that like, are we giving the Raiders 
too much here? Five and a half? I mean, for a Raiders team that continuously lets everybody back into games, I know it's the Colts, but I mean, if you look at what the Raiders haven't done, which is close out, I mean, doesn't this lead you to the like a perfect situation where, yeah, nobody's looking for the Colts. You might as well take the Colts side of this game and take the Colts side points. Yeah, I mean, I hate this game. It's disgusting. You know, we're not going to talk about uh, the Patriots because they're not playing this week, but the Patriots look like one of the worst teams in the NFL, I think, this past week. Except no, they no, were, they not were, good at all. They, except they were playing the Colts, which means well, they play they, good defense and Matthew yeah. Judon gets to the quarterback. And at the end of the day, if you play defense around the football, that again, what do I always say? That travels, right? So you could you could do that and you could be good to a certain amount. And then when you play those higher level teams, the Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen's of the world are going to pick you apart, unfortunately. But I mean, I mean, the Raiders have kind of told us who they are. I know the Colts have as well, but geez, like, I mean, week to week, we always see this where we just count some team out. And then the next week we go, oh, look at that. Look, they showed a little signs of life there. Is this one of those scenarios where maybe you're overlooking it? Yeah. I mean, I have this projected at seven, which is disgusting. Uh, it really is disgusting. And I'll just say I, in the look ahead market, when it was three and a half, I, I had value on the Raiders, but I didn't bet it because my lizard brain was thinking, oh, maybe this gets down to three. You know, like maybe then, you know, maybe somehow it works out. It gets down to three and, and then now the numbers at five and a half, but I'm still showing, showing value on that. But man, I, I don't, I really don't want to bet it, but the Colts, they are bad. Like the Sam Ellinger experiment is not working out. They entered this past week dead last in the Massey Peabody ratings, um, which like, I have a lot of respect for, for that. Uh, I mean, they were higher, uh, in my ratings. I needed to knock them down. Like I've knocked them down significantly based on what we saw last week. Like they did look like one of the worst teams in the NFL last week. And I think I need to power rate them as such. So I am showing some value here, uh, but man, I don't want to be betting the Raiders, but if I have it projected at seven and the number's five and a half, mm, I should probably be betting it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the I next one here. Yet. Uh, the key word is yet there, everyone. Green Bay Packers, three and six. They are five-point home underdogs. The Dallas Cowboys, minus five here in this one as they come in off the bye. 42 and a half is the number in this one. Uh, plus 180 for the Packers in the money line. Rashawn Gary looks like he has a torn ACL, so he is going to be out. Devondra Campbell was out last week, so Packers missing pieces there. Not to mention, still waiting on clarity with Aaron Jones. Friedman, I'm going to give Pat some time on this one because I know he's got lots of feelings about it. So, uh, look, home underdogs, here we go again. But at the same time, I mean, the Packers, once again, continue to show us who they are every single week. And I tried to warn everybody last week on the show who they were, and nobody wanted to listen to me. So do you think people are listening now? I hope so. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Pat couldn't wait. Pat's jumping right in. Go ahead, Pat. Go. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, and by the way, this is Fitz's favorite team against Friedman's favorite team. That's uh, right. But you're not, oh, yeah. you're not going to get any braggadocio from me. Uh, although I will say that Des Bryant didn't really catch the ball. Uh, never mind. Um, so yeah, I, like I had this as, uh, pretty much right where the line is at four and a half. Um, but that was before, uh, you informed me, Joe, just before the show that Rashawn Gary has torn his ACL. So the Packers best defender, the, the one guy who, uh, you know, as terribly as this team has played, who showed up every week, uh, he's not there. Aaron Jones hurt himself. He's probably not going to play like their only explosive weapon on offense anymore. So um, that's definitely going to shift the projection here. Like, I, I think I'm going to bet Dallas. Uh, all right, here we go. 
Mr. Cowboy, you talked to me about the Cowboys here. What do you think? Uh, do you think that this is more competitive than we realize, or do you think this is just another nail in the coffin of the Packers of a very long season for them? Well, I just I want to contextualize a little bit what we saw yesterday with the Packers. Yeah, they they played horribly, uh, and some of the the throws that Rodgers made were you know kind of inexcusable. But you know they suffered just an avalanche of injuries in yesterday's game. You know Romeo Dobbs exiting with the ankle injury, Christian Watson exiting with the concussion. Like the only thing worse than having to depend on two rookie wide receivers is depending on them and then having them taken away from you in the middle of the game. Cornerback uh, Eric Stokes left early with a knee and ankle injury. Obviously Rashawn, uh, Rashawn Gary out for the year and then Aaron Jones. So like, you know, what we saw wasn't, I would say like the typical Green Bay offense, but it was still fairly typical like there were circumstances extenuating circumstances and we don't know how many of those guys are going to be back for this game and so I will say you know I have this projected at 4.75 so kind of right in between the four and a half where it opened last night and the five widely available in the market and I gotta say like that four and a half is still available at one place right here I am seeing it at bet MGM and just kind of like from a a tactical betting perspective I do expect this line to continue to move. So I'm just going to grab it now at the four and a half here, the the lone four and a half left in the market at that MGM. Yeah. And the Gary news I got from Aaron Nagler this morning, old colleague of mine who says it's probably going to be announced at some point, but that seems to be the case there with him. So just sometimes when it rains, it pours on some teams, uh, just the way it's going right now for the pack, unfortunately for them, uh, the Los Angeles Rams three and five, they are three and a half point favorites in a game against the Arizona Cardinals who dropped another one, the Arizona Cardinals and the Rams is at 43 and a half plus 152 on the Cardinals side here. Look, the Cardinals seem to be, I don't know, Friedman, when you, when you watch the Arizona Cardinals, you're watching what happens on the field, but you're almost watching more for what happens off the field and the constant arguing and bickering and the nonsense going back and forth. It just seems like Cliff Kingsbury does not have control of what's going on there, or it seems like Kyler Murray is is revolting against it it's hard to know which side is right or what's happening but that just seems like a bad recipe to go and travel to the rams who just coming off a tough loss there to the bucks so i'm definitely on the ram side of this one and i am not a fan of the rams you know that are you in the same mind here do you think that arizona can keep this more competitive or do you think the los angeles rams here kind of get right and get back on track uh, no, I tend to have a very simple formula when it comes to Arizona. I bet them as road underdogs and I fade them as home favorites. And so they are you know, very cleanly road underdogs in this spot. You know, it's, you know, moving around between three, three and a half in the market. Uh, I have this projected at three. And so I will be, you know, grabbing it at three and a half, uh, bet MGM three and a half there, uh, at, you know, minus one ten odds. So I, I think there's, there's value there on anything above the key number of three. Fitz, do you feel the same way in this game? Not really. I mean, having done shows with Friedman for 10 weeks, I know all about the Kingsbury code and I'm kind of, uh, you know, he's been spot on with it. I'm reluctant to go against it. But in the earlier meeting between these two teams in week three, like it was a strange game. The Rams kept them, kept the Cardinals at arm's length and won 20 to 12. And the Rams got out to this 13 nothing lead by early in the second quarter. And they just kept holding the Cardinals to field goals. Like that's all Arizona could generate for Matt Prater field goals. And the Cardinals outgained the Rams 295 yards to 239 yards in that game. It was kind of a rock fight. Cardinals didn't commit a single turnover. 
Uh, they held Kyler to like 37 of 58 for 314 yards. So like they just turned the the Cardinals into this inefficient offense. Um, I, that's why I kind of like the under. I, I think we see maybe the same type of game in that uh, here. And although we had the Kingsbury code, I just can't follow it. I don't think I'm going to take either side. Well, here's one you could do in game if you like. Cliff Kingsbury is now 627 and one when trailing at halftime. So mm. if you want to just wait and see what the score is at half, and then you can kind of make your wagers accordingly to that too. Even if it's close, even if it's 10, seven, for goodness sake. All right, let's go to the next one here. We've got the Los Angeles chargers and the San Francisco 49ers, the 49ers coming off there by this one is in prime time on Sunday night. They are seven point favorites against Los Angeles who is missing Mike Williams, Keenan Allen this past week. Um, certainly missing a lot of pieces. 46 and a half is the number here. If you like the charge on the upsets, plus 220. Last time we saw Christian McCaffrey, he was literally doing everything he could to get the 49ers the victory there. So uh, a week off, a little bit of rest, a little bit more time in the offense. Do you think this seven is uh, a good number here, Pat? Uh, your thoughts on Chargers and 49ers? I kind of think the number is pretty spot on, but I want to be on the over here, Joe. Like, I don't see how the Chargers can possibly stop the 49ers running game. Like, the Chargers are so bad against mm -hmm. the run. Right. And, like, I think, I think the 49ers are going to put up 30-plus points, and I think the Chargers have a good enough offense to do the rest to push this game over. I was going to say, four, six and a half does kind of seem kind of uh, like it's begging for the over there. Freeman, yep. do you kind of agree with that? Yeah, I have this projected at 48.6. So I do I do see value on that. And honestly, that is probably the better way to play it. The the way that like my instinct is to look at the side and say, oh, I'm on the chargers in this spot. Um, and I I think seven is is too much. You know, it opened at six and a half in the early line. Um, you know, it's moved to to seven at some places. Uh the look ahead was five. Um in the in the off season, this number was between uh, 0.5 and one, so it has you know moved aggressively towards the 49ers over the you know the course of the season. And uh, man, the 49ers at home that is like 49ers is a home favorite. That is just a situation I I want to fade uh, when when given the opportunity. But at the same time, I normally don't want to do that with the Chargers because I don't trust them. But I, to Fitz's point, I do think both of these teams can put up points, so that is probably the way to play it. Yeah, the over on the 46 and a half seems like the, the safest early wager before we get any other news. All right, last one here. Monday Night Football, the Eagles undefeated at 8-0. 10 and a half is the number on this one. The Washington Commanders at 4-5. and five. They've been plucky, as Fitz likes to say. 44 and a half is the number, plus 375 on the money line. Now, Friedman, sometimes these in-division games get a little wacky, and last time we saw a big number here attached to the Eagles, they did not cover it. So, you know, I know it's... Uh, different class of team here. The Eagles have been very good. The defense has played great. Hurts and the offense have been terrific. Everything's working for the Eagles now. I'm not saying it's a trap game, but we all know these in-division games sometimes get a little wacky. Does it get wacky enough of that 10 and a half for you to be interested on the commanders or you think, no, stay away or it's the Eagles? I still like the Eagles in the spot and 10 and a half is a big number. You know, I, I mentioned earlier uh, this week, I'm showing value on some of the big favorites and this is just one of those spots. Uh, the Eagles, Man, you know, they, they're coming off of that mini buy. Uh, I think they're still a, a really a, a good team that is getting better, you know, and they underperformed a little bit against the uh, the Texans. But at no point did it really feel like they were going to lose that game. And I do not have a lot of respect for Washington here. 
uh, you know, take this uh, trend for whatever it's worth. But Nick Sirianni is 6-0-1 against the spread as a home favorite. Like most teams as home favorites, if anything, they tend to underperform. But like the Eagles haven't in that spot. Uh, so I, I still like them here. I have this projected at 11.25. There was a commercial on the weekend. Uh, they were running on the Internet for Taylor Heineke and uh, the Washington Commander season tickets for next year. So make what you will out of that, Fitz. I don't know. Do you think they're uh, they're thinking Taylor Heineke can go ahead and pull off a huge upset against the Eagles or at least cover this seven? Oh, I mean, uh, man. Me, this I, ten and a half. Apologies. Ten and a half. I hope they're not thinking that. And uh, I tend to think this line is going to, to increase. Like, I don't see a ton of value at ten and a half, but I think I see enough value to bet it now before it goes up. And uh, in the in the earlier meeting between these two teams in week three, uh, 24 to eight Eagles win in Washington. Uh, Eagles didn't really run the ball well, but Jalen Hurts was 22 of 35 for 340 yards with three touchdowns and no interceptions. So he pretty much picked Washington apart. And uh, like Hurts has looked really good lately. So uh, there's no way I can go against the Eagles here. And, uh, you know, I think get them now. I, I see this line ending up at like 11 and a half or 12. So mm. like jump on it now before the. See, you know, I want it to keep growing, and then I want to go to the Washington side. That's what I want to let this one. I want to mm. water it. I want to give it some sunlight, and then I want it to grow, <laughs> and then I want to go back the commander side of this one. That's what I want to do because I think that's where you're going to find the value. Because you know, I, funny things happen in these primetime games, especially in division. You know, these teams show up for these kind of moments. There, it's it's the emotional side of football that all the data sometimes you just can't quantify it, but it happens. We saw it with the Texans on Thursday night. So we know it happens. These primetime games, these guys get up. They know everybody else is watching them. So they show up for these games. So let this number grow. Marinate. That's what you want to do. Like a good Italian Sunday sauce. Just going to let it sit there for hours and hours and hours. And then, then you enjoy it. I enjoyed this show. Hopefully you all did too. And if you need more help, you can always go to bettingpros.com. Don't forget to, uh, to check out that over-under game on Sleeper at sleeper.app slash bettingpros. Use that promo code bettingpros and get that $100 deposit match and go win some money, play a little over, under, have some fun. And don't forget, always check out BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app now and go ahead and start placing your wagers. That'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on. For Pat and Matt, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.